You know by now that the dogs in my house wear Paco collars, and the newest addition is Stig's tan leather collar with brass fittings and turquoise stones. It seriously looks like the bay we bought our house on, and his smooth coat and long neck show it off perfectly. We picked it out in person at Paco's booth, and the staff helped us to be sure we got the exact fit and style that was right for him. I catch myself mesmerized by this collar when I walk him. How crazy is that? So get over to PacoCollars.com and grab a collar you'll be obsessed with. And don't forget to use the promo code COGDOG for free shipping. We've got a puppy. Puppy Elementary is my puppy training subscription service, and it's all about our new puppy, Watson. It's just $45 for six months of Watson's development and education, and you'll have indefinite access to the materials, so sign up anytime. Just go to www.thecognitivecanine.com and click the Puppy Elementary tab at the top of the page to register. Each week, you'll have access to multiple training videos and blogs, as well as constant access to the Puppy Elementary Facebook group, where you can talk about your progress with other students. Watson won't stay little for long, so join now. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is called Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. just got a mini episode or a mini-sode uh, for you guys today um, just to address a couple of things. Um, let's see, we'll start with tonight. When you hear this, it'll be Thursday, August 30th, and um, tonight I'm doing a webinar for Fenzie Dog Sports Academy, and you can sign up for that over at FenzieDogSportsAcademy.com. I also have the link on my Cognitive Canine Facebook page, and I will put it on the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page. It's all about consent, so start button behaviors, consent in training. It's something I talk about a lot, um, and I'm going to clear up some of the confusion, talk about some of the newer developments that I've added to that process for my training. And so I hope you'll join me over there. The webinars are... Um, I think they're just $19.95 and it'll last about an hour and a half, maybe two hours with questions. You will be able to ask questions as a participant of the webinar. So definitely get over there. Um, it's going to be 6 p.m. Pacific time, Thursday night tonight. So I hope to see you there. And then we're going to talk just a touch about a couple of things that people are up in arms about on the CogDog Radio Facebook page and elsewhere. Um, number one, in the reactivity episode where I talked to Casey Coughlin of the Inspiration Canine, she mentioned that she will throw food at other people's dogs and people are outraged. And we both kind of knew that would happen. And here's the reality, you guys. Um, if your dog is out in a yard, they're eating stuff and... They're probably eating worse things than the very high quality food that Casey would be throwing at them. And you can be upset about that all you want. I 
think if I saw someone throwing food at my dogs, I'm not sure I would be pleased. I'd probably want to talk to them about what they were doing. Um, but what I want you to do is just kind of check that anger, check that rage, see where it's coming from. Because I don't think it's necessarily coming from where you think it's coming from. Anytime we feel the need to express outrage or anger on the internet towards people we don't know, I think that that's usually coming from a more internal place. I usually think that's not about what we think it's about. Um, And so before you write, you know, a nasty comment on the internet, and trust me, Casey has gotten nasty comments. I haven't gotten very many nasty ones. I've gotten some kind of appropriate but but irritated ones. Um, And I think that's because my social media platforms have been around a while and I have kind of shaped that behavior, I think, in the people who post on my stuff. Whereas Casey's uh, business is newer and is getting its legs and getting off the ground. And um, I think that early on you just get more garbage like that. I certainly did. Um, when you feel like you need to post something like that, just, just check yourself because, and then don't be surprised if you find it deleted. Um, the reason that I delete nasty comments is because I like to shape the behavior of the people reading my page. I do not, um, only delete, I don't delete arguments that are valid and, you know, coming from a let's talk this out kind of place. What I delete is nastiness, ugliness, and bullying. And I told Casey to do the same thing. So if you find your comment deleted, then that's how it was perceived. And maybe you want to try again if you want to have an actual dialogue about something. Um, that is, I think, what we've got to do if we're going to be reading comments on social media. I have other platforms where I don't read comments. Um, I have other platforms where I've turned comments off. And if I have done that, it is never because I'm afraid of an argument because I'm not. I will always engage in a civilized dialogue with someone who disagrees with me. That's fine. I think that's important, in fact, for growth for everyone. I will not engage in nastiness, bullying, ugliness, um, etc. I, for instance, turned commenting off on YouTube, my YouTube channel, a very long time ago. Um, and the reason I did that was because of the ugly, awful, disturbing, um, threatening, scary things that some people had said. And I just went, wow, that actually frightens me a little bit. That comment makes me a tiny bit afraid for my safety on this earth. And I don't have any time for that. So I went, I not only deleted that stuff, but I turned commenting off on YouTube because it's not a place I need to read comments. Um, And I don't want to do that on CogDog Radio Facebook page. I like the dialogue. I like the discussion. So let's all just keep it, um, keep it civilized. If you disagree, I welcome that. But, um, you know, 
outrage and burning torches and ugliness are never necessary for that kind of dialogue. And in fact, they just shut the dialogue down. So I think that was just kind of an important thing for me to mention. And then the other thing that people are just kind of prickly about on a general basis um, is that you know that I promote off-leash exercise for dogs. You know I'm a huge advocate of this. And every single time I post about it, somebody gets upset because their experience of their dog walk out in the world is harmed by somebody else's off-leash dog. And what I want you to hear and what I want you to understand is that I don't disagree with you. I don't like to be bombarded by other people's dogs either. I had a dog that was severely dog aggressive. I wouldn't even call him reactive. I would call him aggressive. Um, And when I saw an off-leash dog coming for us, I filled with dread and anxiety and panic because I knew that he was going to get ugly with that dog and I knew there wasn't that much I could do about it. And what I wish is that I could pull myself aside and say, hey, put a basket muzzle on your dog and you know, carry food, carry spray shield, and try dealing with the situation in a different way than you're dealing with it. Because yelling at people and stomping or kicking at other dogs to try to control them and things like that that I was doing, that's what was ruining my walk, not my dog's behavior and not their dog's behavior. It was my emotions about it were ruining my walk. So I flipped the script in this area. I have decided I like to see dogs off leash and that's what I think is best for them. And so still, yeah, I like to see it if they are listening to their humans and I like to see it if they are minding their own business, but I have accepted that that's not always going to be the case. Um, And so I walk my dogs off leash and I call them off of other dogs all the time. Um, We were trailed yesterday by a really nice dog. He was an intact male Catahoula um, and he was friendly But Felix didn't like him very much, and I think part of that was he was really interested in my girls, and Felix said those were his girls, Um, and, but everything was okay, you know, a brawl did not break out, it was fine, and you know what, the dog's owners, I could hear them calling him, but they were out of sight, and I went ahead and dropped a handful of food all over his head so that he would stop and sniff and we could and I could get Felix away from him and we could all move on with our lives um did I cause that dog an allergy flare-up the next day I could have but the numerous treats that I dropped in the grass throughout the walk also could have and um I've never had a dog that had severe allergies but I've certainly had clients whose dogs had severe allergies and um you know, they put their dog on medication to try to combat some of this stuff and it was helpful. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an allergy specialist or a veterinarian, but, um, if your dog is having frequent flare-ups because people drop food, because they do drop food, I think that that should be addressed on a more medical basis and not a trying, trying to control everybody on the earth basis. So you might just think about flipping the script on this one. You might just think about, relaxing a little um, when it comes to off-leash dogs if they still bother you so much because it's not going to change. People are going to continue to be idiots and have their dogs absolutely bombard your dogs. 
I do my very best not to be that idiot. My dogs generally listen really well around other dogs. That's why they get to be off leash. I have one that doesn't. I have one that can be pretty rude and she stays on the long line. Um, and I think that's important. And that goes for hyper social dogs as well. I get this question all the time is, you know, what do I do if my dog is that dog? What do I do if I'm the idiot with the dog off leash because my dog is so hyper social? My answer is you utilize that long line until the dog listens better. And you, I wouldn't actually allow them to do a lot of interaction on other dogs. I would not have the process go like this. Dog pulls and gets really excited and then dog gets to say hi to the other dog. I would have the process go like this. Dog pays attention to me, exhibits calm behavior, then gets to say hi to other dogs. And yeah, you're going to have to set that up and you're going to have to train and work hard. And build your reinforcement history for paying attention to you in the presence of other dogs. Um, it's not going to be an overnight process, but it's doable. I did it with Felix. I would call him very hypersocial as a puppy. Um, it was a brand new problem for me. I'd never had a dog that was hypersocial. I'd always had dogs that were a little fearful, maybe reactive. Um, so that was brand new for me. And I had my doubts about my own advice but I followed my own advice and he came out the other side of it and he's pretty lovely now um pretty neutral around other dogs um greets them really nicely so just one last thing which has been asked over on the cog dog radio facebook page um somebody asked about coprophagia or poop eating and you know how do we deal with that on decompression walks if your dog is kind of voraciously eating all of the droppings of all of the animals in the world and for one thing I tend not to worry about it too much when you when you hyper fixate on that behavior you do tend to make it a bigger problem but if it is a problem for you um I'm gonna say basket muzzles they're not just for biting (laughs) um dogs and that would go for an allergy dog as well for me that would go for a dog that really can't be eating stuff out on walks just put them in a basket muzzle And you're going to go, but Sarah, the dog can eat treats through the muzzle. Why can't they eat stuff off the ground? They can. It's harder for them. Um, And you can get certain muzzles that you can feed them through, but that they can't eat stuff off the ground through. Bumas, B-U-M-A-S, makes a muzzle like that. If you just tell them specifically that that's what you would like, that you want a treat hole, but you don't want them to be able to eat through the front of the muzzle, they can do that for you. Um... Muzzle, I, you know, I love basket muzzles, so just use them. And it's another great tool for them. We had, you know, I've had dogs in my behavior work that had pica, so they ate everything. They ate rocks, they ate, um, you know, other very undigestible things in their lives, and they were having obstruction surgeries, and it was terrible. And, um, just conditioned them to a basket muzzle, taught them that they're going to wear a basket muzzle if they are unsupervised or out and about in the world. And it actually allows them to move their body freely. I think it's much kinder than always keeping them on a leash or in a crate. So think about that. Um, Anyway, keep up your questions. I'm going to release these Q&A episodes here and there. So keep posting them over on the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.